Hello, it's the 8th of December 2021. This week I'm going to provide the proof that, as we've known for over 18 months, governments all around the world are practicing genocide. This is no longer theory or opinion, it's a fact. Genocide is defined as the deliberate killing of a large group of people. I'll come back to that later. The people behind what's happening are evil beyond our comprehension. They want to take the Earth's population back to 500 million, a figure last seen in 1650. And the lunacy seems to be spreading. More and more celebrities are speaking out in favour of the jabs. But if you wouldn't let a celebrity remove your appendix, you shouldn't listen to their views on a medication which they almost certainly don't understand. The official view about the Omicron variant is panic first, think later. The EU president, a woman called von der Leyen, who campaigns about global warming but reportedly took a plane to travel 30 miles, wants the jabs to be compulsory throughout Europe. A World Health Organization official says the same thing. In Germany, Angela Merkel's husband accused the wise and unjabbed of laziness. Doubtless the unjabbed in Germany are like the unjabbed everywhere else, paying for this massive and dangerous waste of money. I described in my book on vaccination that mandatory vaccination was tried in the 19th century and quickly abandoned. Incidentally, that book, published in 2011, was banned and suppressed everywhere. Lefty, woke activists who oppose freedom in all its forms are still constantly calling for the book to be banned because free speech and the truth terrify them. The UK government's advisers say that Covid will pose a threat for at least five more years, so that'll mean dozens more expensive jabs for the easily led and the ignorant. Schools are moving festive concerts and nativity scenes online, despite Doris's reassurance, and it's difficult not to read that as yet another attempt to eradicate culture and tradition from schools. A Tesco advertising campaign which showed Father Christmas showing his Covid pass to prove that he'd been jabbed received 5,000 complaints, but entirely predictably the awful Advertising Standards Authority, a private self-styled watchdog, said that was okay. Some news stories claim that cancer operations are being delayed because beds are full of unjabbed patients. The way that the media is attempting to demonise those of us who know the truth is appalling. The truth, of course, is that cancer operations are being delayed because hospital de departments are constrained by absurd social distancing rules and as a result of the even more absurd lockdowns that occurred. Even the government admits that cancer treatment has been badly affected by its own policies, and the statistics show clearly that it's the jabbed who are filling hospital beds. The UK will follow America and approve the jab for 5 to 11 year olds soon, and then it'll be the turn of the under fives. They're next on the list. The National Audit Office in the UK says that within three years there'll be 12 million sick people on the waiting list many of them dying from easily treatable conditions. That'll help reduce the size of the population. A fellow of the Royal College of Surgeons reporting that the chair of the South African Medical Association is amazed at Britain's overzealous response to Omicron has pointed out that no one in the British government has any scientific understanding and instead of following the science they've followed non-clinical scientists 
many of whom have their own political agendas. He asks, quote, Has a single member of SAGE advised a patient on the risks and benefits of interventional treatment? Close quotes. We probably all know the answer to that. The government's advice on these matters comes from mathematicians and brainwashing experts and former drug company employees. In Australia, a doctor was questioned by the police after sending his local MP emails expressing concern about the COVID-19 jab. The expose reported that 89% of COVID-19 deaths occurred among the fully jabbed and that data suggests that the jabbed are far more likely to die if infected with COVID-19. An eminent scientist said that masks were unlikely to prevent the spread of the Omicron variant and Tory MP Sir Desmond Swain described mask wearing as mumbo-jumbo. They're right, of course. Wearing a mask over your left knee would be far safer and just as effective as wearing it on your face. Still, Metro newspaper reported that 152 passengers had been fined £200 each for getting onto public transport without masks, 125 had been thrown off and 5,100 ordered to put on masks all in one day and that was all in London. Official policy is clearly to punish the wise and well-informed. A visit to the bankruptcy court can't come too soon for transport for London. The only time to wear a mask is if you're going to a fancy dress party and you're dressed up as a mass murderer. Under those circumstances, I rather think a witty or Fauci mask would be acceptable. I wonder why all those people who allowed themselves to be fined didn't behave a little more sensibly. According to the UK government, you don't have to wear a mask if it will cause you severe distress. Indeed, you don't have to wear one if wearing one will cause you harm or injury. And wearing one will cause you harm. Download my free book called Proof That Masks Cause More Harm Than Good and go to item 109 which details the rules about mask wearing in the UK. Writing in the Daily Telegraph, a propaganda sheet which used to be a newspaper that I was proud to write for, Tom Stevenson, an investment director for Fidelity International, made the surprising but sadly unoriginal claim that the jabs, open quote, reduce transmission, infection, hospitalisation and death, close quotes. I'd love to see his evidence for that. I wonder if anyone in the mainstream media has read a paper published in The Lancet on the 19th of November 2021, which said, open quotes, in the UK, it was described that secondary attack rates among household contacts exposed to fully vaccinated index cases was similar to household contacts exposed to unvaccinated index cases. According to the paper, open quotes, peak viral load did not differ by vaccination status or variant type. And, open quotes, many decision makers assume that the vaccinated can be excluded as a source of transmission. It appears to be grossly negligent to ignore the vaccinated population as a possible and relevant source of transmission when deciding about public health control measures, close quotes. That paper, sent to me by the irrepressible Darren Smith, editor of The Light Paper, and a man who deserves a statue if anyone does, was in a journal called The Lancet, as I said. And of course, it rather forces the intelligent observer to ask why the hell anyone is jabbing anyone with this experimental and provably toxic stuff. 
More than half of all Omicron infections in England were double jabbed. All 17 Omicron patients in a specific incident in Oslo were jabbed. Fiona Hine, a determined, brave and committed campaigner, is representing herself in court from December the 6th, charged with breaking coronavirus regulations over a year ago. She's using legal constitutional arguments and citing Articles 10 and 11 of the Human Rights Act. She's also questioning whether the coronavirus regulations are constitutional. Vital stuff. I hope everyone congratulates on her courage and wishes her good luck. The court should dismiss her case, pay her costs and award her massive damages. Oh, and I see that Microsoft shareholders want more transparency from Microsoft in view of the allegations of sexual harassment made against a certain Bill Gates. There are reports of repeated unwanted advances to employees. We can presumably expect both the BBC and The Guardian to end their financial links with Gates. It would be entirely inappropriate for such woke organisations to work with a man under such a dark cloud. How extraordinary it would be if two such organisations continued to work with Gates in these circumstances. It would indeed suggest to me that maybe they approved of sexual harassment if they haven't parted with him and his money by the end of the month. We know the truth. The big story of the week, however, is the one that the mainstream media ran away from. Some of the papers ran it, the Times tucked it onto page two, but I didn't see any mention of it on the BBC's appalling website. It was, however, last week's most shocking hard news. Indeed, it was the most important health news since Fleming spotted penicillin mould growing on an unattended petri dish. First, some background. In the UK, the government now claims that around 145,000 people have so far died of COVID, the rebranded flu. That's a rolling figure over a two-year period. And even the government's admitted that the figure is vastly exaggerated. Many of that 145,000 died with a positive PCR test, but of something else, cancer, heart disease, road traffic accident, murder, or being irritated to death by the BBC. Most of the 145,000 were people over 80 who were already seriously ill and dying, many being murdered with a medazolam um, morphine cocktail. That government figure is widely recognised to be at least three times the true total. Once again, I can say with absolute certainty that the government's own statistics prove without a shadow of doubt that COVID-19 was never any more deadly than the flu, Indeed, I think there have been years when the ordinary commoner garden flu killed more people than COVID, whatever COVID might be. Do not forget that, as I told you in March 2020, WHO figures show that up to 650,000 people can die worldwide in a single six-month flu season. But as predicted in May 2020, the lockdowns and subsequent closure of hospital departments and effective closure of many GP surgeries will result in at least five times as many deaths as COVID. And that's something that's going to happen for years to come. This is palpably a culling process. If what's been happening in Europe and America had been happening in some tinpot African dictatorship, The Guardian would be screaming for the British government to intervene. Lefty liberals would be demanding military action. What a pity that in the UK, Ferguson, Whitty or Valance won't debate the Covid figures in public. Instead, the government suppresses the truth 
and the media demonises anyone who dares to speak out. Last week, the mainstream media made it very clear where their loyalties lie by pretty well ignoring or dismissing the most important medical story I've seen in over 50 years of writing about health matters. This is the genocide story I told you about. The National Audit Office in the UK says that in England alone there were up to 740,000 missing urgent GP referrals for suspected cancer in the period up to September 2021. Tens of thousands of people didn't start cancer treatment which they needed. I know from personal experience how incredibly stressful this must be. When my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer it seemed that we were forever waiting for tests, for results and for radiotherapy. But in the end the tests and the treatment were done. How unutterably awful to have to wait indefinitely while knowing that a cancer is growing inside you. The UK Lung Cancer Coalition is predicting thousands of extra deaths from lung cancer alone. The number of people dying at home is now greater than it's been for decades. I wonder how many of them died without seeing a doctor or a professional nurse. The deaths from cancer alone will far exceed the total number of alleged deaths from COVID-19. Apparently determined to make things ever worse, NHS England has told GPs that health targets may be suspended and that routine health checks for new patients and the over 75s can be deferred. GPs can stop monitoring patients. Doctors' leaders welcome the easing of GP word workloads, although they claim that despite these cancellations of what I and many regard as the backbone of the GP's work, the GP service is still under significant pressure. The abandonment of what were seen as a major part of general practice has been done so that doctors can focus on jabbing patients with the COVID-19 toxic juice. Doctors will stop monitoring high blood pressure, asthma, diabetes, heart disease and cancer, though they'll still be paid for doing that work and will now receive more money for giving the COVID jabs. An absurd £15 a shot. It's difficult not to see that as a bribe to keep doctors on side. GPs are now receiving twice as much money for half the work. Some will doubtless manage to earn £250,000 a year for a 35-hour week. Dr Farah Jamil, the chair of the BMA's England GP Committee, described the services which had been cancelled as, quote, unnecessary appointments. Though it seems to me that these changes will merely result in many more significant signs and symptoms being missed, a greater pressure on already overloaded accident and emergency departments and hospital departments in general, and far more deaths in the next few years. Many of the deaths will, of course, occur among the elderly and the already sick. Reader, regular viewers and readers will know that I've long believed this to be part of the genocidal cull. And we must remember that the medical establishment's view, which I reported recently, is that tests and so on should be cut back in order to help protect the planet from global warming. We can all buy some of the tests we might need, urine tests and some blood tests are available, as are sphygmomanometers, but we can't get the treatment we need. Restrictions on buying prescription drugs should now be removed. Since we're now expected to treat ourselves, we should be allowed to buy antibiotics, painkillers and so on over the counter. 
All this is, of course, part of the plan to encourage us to hate the NHS and so welcome its demise. It's already a, entirely unfit for purpose and now undoubtedly does more harm than good. What doctors don't realise is that the trend towards telemedicine continues. As the, as the trend towards telemedicine continues, so their careers will be quietly allowed to die. Any student currently studying medicine is wasting their time. They'll be replaced by computers which already make diagnoses better than real-life doctors and by robots which perform surgery. The way the media stuffed this big story into a corner alongside chip shop fires and women's football results tells us just how corrupt they've become. This was major, major news. It seems to me that Dr Fauci and Witty and their chums will, between them, have killed more innocents than all the world's serial killers put together. And it was all predictable. I know this because I predicted it the minute the lockdowns were mooted. The problem lies with the number of people who won't speak up or find the courage to do anything. Most of the blame goes with the politicians, journalists and doctors who've betrayed the people who pay them. But we also have to blame the people who wear masks because it's easier than getting into trouble. And we have to blame those who accept the jabs because it's easier than not having them. We all know people like that, they just don't care enough. Or maybe they don't realise where this is heading. Finally, a quick mention of hand sanitizers. Every time I go into a shop, I'm invited or pressured to try their hand sanitizer. It's like passing the perfume counter in the department store. Would you like to try this new aftershave, a squirt here and a little squirt there? Visit six shops and you'll have had six squirts of sanitizer. Well, some folk might have. I say no thanks and march past and no one runs after me. The few customers who are around couldn't buy anything in the shops I've seen because they're all constantly trying to wipe the goo off their hands. After six lots of sanitizer, the layers of stickiness must take hours to remove. What none of these shoppers know, it seems to me, is that there's evidence that it isn't just masks that can kill people, sanitizers can be deadly too. Back in July 2020, I warned that in America the FDA had warned of a sharp increase in the number of hand sanitizer products that were labelled to contain ethanol but which actually contain methanol, which can be toxic when absorbed through the skin and can be life-threatening if swallowed. So some hand sanitizers can cause nausea, vomiting, headache, blurred vision, permanent blindness, seizure, coma, permanent damage to the nervous system or the ultimate side effect, death. That's the type of side effect you only get once. If repeatedly used as a hand rub, skin absorption can cause chronic toxicity and sight damage. A paper I've seen in Infectious Diseases Consultant confirms that danger and there's a paper in the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health entitled Methanol as an unlisted ingredient in supposedly alcohol-based hand rubs can pose serious health risk. It's not only possible to know which sanitizers are deadly because some of them are mislabeled and besides when a shop insists that you use their hand sanitizer are you really going to try and read the label? Even if it's got a label, they probably got the stuff from a bloke who usually does the drains and bought a supply from a, a mate on the market who knows someone in China. You could use sun sanitising gels to strip paint. Finally, there was a reliable report showing that over 2,000 children in one small part of America had been seriously ill 
because of hand sanitizer. How? Well, they were very small children and their schools had put bottles of sanitizer on every desk and the children had been drinking it. Finally, finally, there was a headline this week that said older drivers should avoid points if they run a red, red light. Brilliant, I thought. Some good news. But it wasn't good news. Some quango or official committee or clump of busybodies said that the over 70s should take a fitness to drive test instead of having legal penalties. I should have seen that one coming. They've been threatening it for long enough. It's part of the demonization of the elderly. Stop them driving. Exclude them from society. This is all part of the digital passport plan. They're going to pick off the elderly and then they'll work their way through the rest of society. The joke, of course, is that the elderly are the safest drivers. Most accidents are caused by the under 25s. Why else do you think car insurance companies charge the young far more than they charge the elderly? Thank you for watching An Old Man in a Chair. Thanks to Brand YouTube and Mohammed Butt. Please subscribe to my channel on Brand YouTube and spread my videos about on other platforms such as Rumble, Brighteon, Odyssey and BitChute. My thanks to everyone who does. Please do translations too. All the papers and so on that I refer to can easily be found on the internet. We put transcripts of the videos on both websites and when possible we add links. If you've not been there in the past, take a look at the merchandise part of Brand YouTube. I'm sure the platform needs the money. It's got to survive somehow. I'm not involved in that at all, but have a look. For the record, this channel's not been monetized. None of my videos ever has been. There are no ads, no sponsors, and no requests for funds on videos or websites. Don't forget to watch my friend Dr. Colin Barron's amazing videos, always fantastic, often incredibly funny, and visit his website, www.colinbarron.co.uk. Read thelightpaper.co.uk for all the news considered too truthful to print by the mainstream media. And visit astandinthepark.org, which will give you very useful advice on how and where to stand in a park. Please visit my own websites, vernoncolman.org and vernoncolman.com. Vernoncolman.com is more old-fashioned, but it's got hundreds of articles on animal issues, politics and all sorts of health stuff. There are free books on both sites and brand new stuffs added every weekday. Hundreds of original articles to read and the feature detailing vaccine damage is updated every week. You have to look at that if you haven't seen it. It's horrifying. Vernon Coleman's Wednesday Review will, God willing, appear here every Wednesday at 7pm. If it doesn't, then either something's happened to me or the video's been suppressed, as has so much of my work these days. We all need to pray for the truth to be shared by the many, not just the few. Whatever your religion, you need to pray because the people running this fraud respect only lies. But in the way that vampires fear sunlight, they fear the truth. It's your government's greatest enemy and our only weapon. Finally, though it may feel like it at times, please remember that you are not alone. More and more people are waking up and once they're awake, they don't go back to sleep which means our numbers are growing daily. If we're going to win this war, then we have to fight hard and with determination and passion and the truth. Remember, this is primarily a propaganda war and a media war.
distrust the government, avoid mass, me mass media, and fight the lies. And thank you for watching an old man in a chair. <laughs>